Welcome to the Dot Old Better Show Inside Science Interview Series on Radio and Podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is brought to you by Stitch Fix and Liquid IV Fueling Life's Adventures. We have a fantastic interview today with Preeti Milani, who's a physician. She's from the University of Michigan, and I will introduce her more in just a moment. But quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 730th episode when I spoke with director, actor, comedian, and television host Dave Coulier, who was Joey Gladstone, on the wonderful television program from the 80s and 90s, Full House. Dave and I reminisce on all of the heartfelt moments with exclusive behind-the-scenes stories from his hit TV show, Full House. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Simi Chopra about all things related to Ayurvedic health. Excellent subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out, along with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. You can Google Not Old Better (laughs) and get everything you need to know about us. After three years of pandemic living, loneliness, isolation, and lack of social contact have finally started to decline among older adults, a new University of Michigan poll shows. But one in three people between ages 50 and 80 say they still sometimes or often experience these feelings or sometimes go a week or longer without social contact with someone from outside their home. That's down from about half of older adults in June 2020. Our guest today, Dr. Preeti Milani, clinical professor of geriatric medicine at the University of Michigan, and is part of the research team who've just released the U of M's National Poll on Healthy Aging, is our guest today. We'll talk with Dr. Milani, who was also the poll's senior advisor and former director, about how important social interaction is for overall mental and physical health and how much more attention we need to pay to this from a clinical policy and personal perspective. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, Inside Science Interview Series, University of Michigan's School of Medicine infectious disease professor who is also trained in geriatrics, Dr. Preeti Milani. Dr. Preeti Milani, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. Um, Of course, uh, the University of Michigan has been doing this wonderful poll, uh, Trends in Loneliness Among Older Adults, a a real issue, an important one for our audience. And um, we're very grateful for your time today, for your work on this. Congratulations on five years of this survey and these results. This is had to be a lot of work for you and your team. Why don't we start with just kind of a basic question? Um, tell us, you know, give us some background on the poll, perhaps an overview. Uh, tell us where this came from and and uh, perhaps where this goes. Yeah, thank you. I would love to do that. And I appreciate the uh, opportunity to to share some of the work uh, that is is done uh, by the poll team at the University of Michigan. And this work on loneliness and social isolation is one of several reports from the University of Michigan National Poll on Healthy Aging. And this poll is, like the name sounds, it's a recurring nationally representative household survey of U.S. older adults and its issues related to health, health policy, health care. 
and not just the older adults, but people around them. Mm-hmm. And this work really grew out of a desire to understand the day-to-day lives of older adults and really hear about issues that matter to them and to their families. And for the poll, we're talking about age 50 to 80. So not just what people might think of as aging, but also pre-aging and people who may be caregivers for older adults. And one of the big goals of this poll was to really move beyond traditional medical issues and to get at overall well-being. And the topic that that we're talking about is a good example of a non-traditional health issue, this idea of loneliness and social isolation. And as you noted, we started asking about this pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, we got interested in, in sort of following this over time and seeing what happened. Yeah. Okay. That's great to hear. So bring us current. What, what happened during the pandemic and what's happening now and how is that across all age demographics? So we began really thinking about this in 2018 prior to the COVID pandemic when, of course, things changed for many of us in terms of uh, social isolation and social contact and, uh, and loneliness. Uh, back in 2018, uh, this age group, this 50 to 80 age group, about 27%, so about a quarter reported feeling isolated, and more than a third reported loneliness or lack of companionship. And not surprisingly, during the pandemic, these numbers went up very they during the pandemic these numbers went up a lot in june of 2020 we asked about isolation and companionship and at that time 56% of respondents so more than half felt isolated and 41% felt a lack of companionship or loneliness and we wanted to see what happened you know now three years into this. So in January of 2023, we went back and asked the same questions around companionship and and, uh, isolation. And, you know, the numbers were were better. Um, About one in three uh, older adults reported feeling isolated. So again, much better than the 56% who felt that way in 2020, but, but also more than the baseline that we had in 2018 of about 27%. So some of that did not really go back to uh, that baseline, like you might expect. And with loneliness, um, those numbers also haven't quite returned um, to to the baseline. Uh, they're they're close, but they're not they're not quite there. And uh, I think that this this raises concerns. You know, we talk about you know, does it, is this like our new normal in terms of isolation? And I wanted to add that among the the respondents, there's also a group of people um, who have very infrequent contact. And I remember in 2018 with our our team really looking at this, thinking like, wow, there's like a portion of people who really don't see anyone at all. Like they may see someone every couple of weeks. And, you know, those individuals have also increased some uh, over time. And I think that this is something for all of us to be aware of, that there are individuals who really have almost no social interaction to speak of. And again, that's not really how any of us uh, should should live. Yeah, it, it's a hard fact. And, and I, I noted too that that in, in one of your answers, you, you did talk about caregivers because caregivers 
rate importantly in this equation of of older adults, and uh, a lack of companionship means that people aren't getting um, both the the care that the givers might provide, and the caregivers are not doing their job, which means to which which leads potentially to employment issues and economic security, which for older adults is is an enormous factor. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I'm glad that we're giving some attention to caregiving. And mm-hmm. this is uh, we we've explored other other polls um, over the last six years. We've looked at the, how caregiving affects your health, and it, it can be in big ways and small ways. And there are some benefits to caregiving. Caregivers do get. Um, they get pleasure and, mm-hmm. and love and, 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 and happiness from the work they do, but they often neglect their own health. And when I think about the pandemic and who it was hard on, uh, it was hard on certainly on older adults, uh, certainly on younger adults, but among in my world, I think a lot about my colleagues who had very young kids uh, that they were taking care of during this pandemic and how difficult that was with daycares being closed or, you know, sort of shutting down without notice and, you know, trying to really uh, navigate uh, school for very young kids. And so the caregiving and the amount of, of stress that, that created, uh, we also see that in older adults who are maybe taking care of, of people older than them or in some cases taking care of young kids also. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, you know, that, that really goes to the to mental health side of it, which, which I think is very important. But talk for a second about the physical health component, because that's an enormous number as well. I was really surprised by that large number. Yeah. So one of the things we found in terms of factors that people identified as increasing their likelihood of feeling lonely or isolated, it was self-reported physical health and mental health. Mm. And again, probably lots of reasons, you know, perhaps it's difficult to leave home, but it gets at that notion that loneliness and social isolation do not affect everyone equally. And there are also a number of other demographic groups. And we, you mentioned caregiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, in our group, in our, in our poll, the individuals that were from 50 to 64 had higher rates of reported loneliness and isolation than the 65 to 80, mm-hmm. which you might not think about that, but mm-hmm. the, the younger, older adults were actually at higher risk, um, as were women, as were people who were unemployed or reported a disability or they were not working. And this is compared to people who were employed or retired um, and those with lower incomes. And again, I think that that is something you see in a lot of studies around health. Uh, and as well as people who reported more symptoms of depression, in fact, uh, remarkably so. Um, and this gets at that aspect of, of mental health. And and it is difficult to say which direction the causality goes because, you know, is it that you have um, issues around mental health and depression and so you're not able to engage? Or is it that the lack of engagement is contributing uh, to mental health issues? And again, I think it it could go both ways, and there, there's probably some synergy there. Did you spend any time on the subject of interventions or perhaps some some strategies that will help us kind of reduce some of this in older adults particularly? Yeah, so so this is a, a great question. So our poll itself didn't get into um, mm-hmm. 
interventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2020, in June 2020, we actually did ask about ways that people were trying to promote social interactions. And again, it was such an unusual time in our history. And uh, I, I know my family and probably yours, you know, were, you know, we had like our weekly social media or video. We had our, right. you know, my family uh, had a weekly video chat on, yeah. on Sundays. Yeah. And uh, I know there were lots of older adults that learned how to use social media and video chat during this time. Um, so that was one way that people did maintain connection. Now, it didn't make them feel less lonely or isolated, but it was something that a number of people were using. Um, one thing we also found, and I think this is pretty interesting, is that individuals who interacted with people in their neighborhood or spent time outdoors uh, at least a few times a week were less likely to report feeling isolated or a lack of companionship. And, you know, I think that that's, it's sort of interesting is like, is it because you are healthier at baseline that you can get out and about, or is it protective to have that ability to get outside and you know, the, the importance of green spaces is something that um, I, I do hear about and I'm glad people are discussing and how important that is to health equity, you know, to have a place where you can safely go and walk outside, for example, and how important that was three years ago when you really couldn't go anywhere other than outside. Oh my gosh. My wife and I spent hours on our kind of local neighborhood streets and trails and you know waving from afar but that was enough parks represented you know kind of this social gathering place almost so we could we could just yeah. see other people yeah it, and it, it's it's funny to think back to how bizarre that was yeah uh, but how incredibly um important that was and how you really did feel connected. You know, I get emotional, Paul, just talking about it, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, my family, like a lot of families got a, uh, got a puppy during the pandemic and <laughs> I, uh, I ended up getting to know neighbors that yeah. I would never have met otherwise. You know, it was like we, we, we sort of had a impromptu dog park, uh, <laughs> you know, and these, these, dogs uh, ended up really bringing uh, their, their humans together. So, you know, those those are interesting things. And, you know, again, interventions can look different for different people, but somehow being able to interact face-to-face really seemed to matter. I will be right back with Preeti Malani and the University of Michigan's Trends in Loneliness Among Older Adults Research. What is next? Well, lots more to tell you. Please stay tuned. I mentioned today's show is brought to you by Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. Liquid IV, what an ideal sponsor for our times. I have to tell you, it is hot here in Virginia where we live It's hot in so many places, and the weather map is just this ugly shade of red for scorching hot. (laughs) But whether it's hot or not, hydration is for everyone. Roofers, landscapers, yes, absolutely. But all of us, whether we work or play outside or even indoors, you got to remember to stay hydrated these days. Not just for athletic endeavors or for high energy, but especially for our not old, better show audience of older adults. Liquid IV is the number 
one powdered hydration brand in America. It's now available and sugar-free, so you just add it to water for a refreshing, thorough solution to your hydration needs with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. One of the interesting things to me is that as I ordered the liquid IV for myself, I saw immediately the packaging and I knew exactly why I would just have it with me all the time. The packaging is perfect. It comes in these individual sizes. The individual packets just rip open and you add it to your water bottle and presto, instant science-backed refreshment and zero sugar. Great taste with these wonderful new flavors, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime, so refreshing, absolutely satisfying. The taste is fantastic. These are real people doing really great work with real flavors, real hydrating. Now it's sugar-free. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code NOB at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use our promo code NOB at liquidiv.com. When it gets hot outside or whenever you need it, reach for Liquid IV like me. I love Liquid IV and I drink it daily. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. Hey, I mentioned today's episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. You know, as a guy, I love fashion, but my wife Gretchen does too. We've both used Stitch Fix, with Gretchen being a customer for about two years. But guys, I want to tell you this message is for you too right now, but especially for the ladies. Have you ever dreamed of having your own personal stylist? Well, dream no more. Welcome to Stitch Fix. Gretchen loves this personal stylist aspect from Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, real stylists work tirelessly to create a wardrobe tailored just for you, featuring wear now styles in season-ready colors, trends, and patterns. Stitch Fix isn't just a service. It's your style partner. Your stylist will get to know you, your preferences, where you shop, what you like to wear, even your price range. Imagine your surprise when you receive a box of hand-picked clothing items from over a thousand brands and styles, each piece ready to refresh your wardrobe. And here's the best part. You can try them on at home before you buy, keep what you love, send back the rest, and enjoy free shipping returns and exchanges. No subscription required. Order a refresh as needed. I've tried Stitch Fix, and I absolutely love it. Gretchen has especially loved it. I'll tell you that every piece that she's received is just this beautiful addition to her wardrobe, reflecting her unique style and fit. I love that too. So take your style game to the next level. Visit stitchfix.com NOB, and you will get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's right, 25% off today. Visit stitchfix.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes, but that's stitchfix.com slash NOB. Stitch Fix, personal styling for every woman and man. (laughs) Unbox your style today. 
And now back to our interview with Preeti Malani about the University of Michigan's Trends in Loneliness Among Older Adults Research Study. Please stay tuned. You're going to love the rest of this. We, of course, are with Dr. Preeti Malani. Dr. Malani is an infectious disease and a internal medicine physician practicing geriatric medicine at the University of Michigan and was the University of Michigan's chief health officer up until 2022. Dr. Milani is with us today talking about the University of Michigan's Trends in Loneliness Among Older Adults study of which she was a part along with her team there at the University of Michigan. I'm curious about about locale, perhaps in urban areas versus rural areas based on the study. Were you able to differentiate amongst um, our population in terms of where we live and and just exactly who's feeling what, where? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that, Paul. And we actually didn't uh, include that information in the report, but we are uh, trying to drill down and look at this a bit. Uh, The the truth is, is most of the respondents to this nationally representative poll live in urban areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, most respondents to this poll live in suburban areas okay. and then also in rural areas. This is not as much of a city dwelling urban uh, population. Uh, but really what we found with other reports is that it comes down to other issues such as income. And you could speculate this both ways. You could say, well, gee, in a, in a smaller community, it might be very close knit and people are looking after their neighbors or boy, it's, hard to have transportation options because it's a smaller place. Hmm. And the truth is, is that these issues are common everywhere and that no one is really protected from this and that it comes down to really being aware, whether you're in a large community, a small community or something in between. Well, that's interesting to hear because I I would have thought, for example, our LGBTQ plus older adults, um, Many of them face isolation for a lot of reasons, social isolation leading to health issues, mental health, physical health. And I would have thought that some of these trends might have impacted them or other subgroups perhaps more, but but you didn't find that. It's just everywhere. Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned um, LGBTQ plus uh, older adults. And again, we did not uh, obtain information on identities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, among this poll respondents. So that's a limitation. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think it's something that we, sh- we should consider uh, as we move forward, even if numbers are smaller. Uh, so it's difficult to offer really specifics, but as you said, I think we could all speculate and there's extensive research that suggests individuals who have these identities are generally more vulnerable to poor health outcomes, both physical health and mental health. And it's, again, for different reasons, but you can imagine that the world for someone who's 70 or 80 may have been very different. I mean, we did not always have pride months and marriage Mm -hmm. equality was not the law of the land and Mm -hmm. uh, family structures may be very different. And, um, people may not have a spouse or partner. They may not have children. Um, they may have difficulty engaging with the healthcare system due to bias and stigma and, um, not just for emotional well-being, but really for physical health. Uh, people may not have gotten the same type of cancer screening, for example, or um, blood pressure screening, or you know, just the idea of well-being visits. Um, so this is an important community, and I'm glad that we're having discussions around youth and mental health in this space. 
but the same things could apply to older adults. And, uh, and again, you know, people may not have that identity um, as um, it may not be obvious, you know, who has these identities. And so I think, again, in the healthcare system, asking, you know, who, who, who is your family? Who, who are the people around you? Who helps make decisions with you? Uh, that's something that I've learned to do mm-hmm. clinically. Very helpful. Um, and, and you mentioned uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy and uh, the Surgeon General, the U.S. Surgeon General, and his work on uh, really raising the alarm of this epidemic of, of loneliness. What are you hearing about the report? You've, you've been doing it now since 2018. Dr. Murthy has been talking about loneliness. Are we getting enough information? Is there action? Are you hearing that we can do things kind of differently? Or are you hearing that um, this is enough? Do we, you know, do we just kind of stand pat where we are? Yeah, no, we definitely cannot stand where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm pleased that, that people are recognizing that chronic loneliness is a major health concern. This is this idea of persistently feeling isolated or lack of companionship, it can affect you not just mentally, but cognitively, in terms of your physical health, even longevity. And, and again, if you're lonely, maybe you're not eating well, maybe you're not exercising, maybe you're not sleeping well. And addressing loneliness is not simple. There's not a one single solution. Uh, and sometimes, frankly, there's not a solution at all. But what I hope people are doing in the clinical space, but also in other spaces, is just like we might ask about diet and exercise, clinicians should ask about loneliness, about feeling isolated. You know, are you disconnected from others? And sometimes there are solutions. And, I, you know, I'll just think of one example. Um, and this, this is something from my own family is hearing loss mm-hmm. is something that can be very isolating. And one of the things um, that is important to note is that um, the, the notions of loneliness and isolation, they get lumped together, but they are distinct. And you can be surrounded by people and feel very lonely. And on the flip side, you could be like sort of on your own and still feel very connected. And so they don't always go hand in hand, but hearing loss is a good example. And uh, years ago, my grandmother, uh, I noticed that she said to me, well, I'm really having trouble following the conversation. So I just am, am sitting quietly and not engaging. And I, and I said to my mother, I said, you know, she's getting isolated. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was something kind of as simple as a, a, a pocket talker. Um, you know, something, it wasn't a, she wasn't someone who was going to really pursue hearing aids, but you know, a, sort of a simple device that I, I purchased, um, thinking like, well, if it helps her, it helps her. But using that pocket talker, she was able to watch her favorite TV shows. Uh, she was able to talk to her sister on the telephone. Um, and you know, so something that is relatively low tech really made a difference for her. And, and again, I noticed this a lot with my, with my own family, but with my friends, family members. And I pointed out, I'm like, wow, you know, notice that your mother or father or whoever really was having a hard time hearing, you know, are you aware? They're like, yeah, yeah, I did notice that. So I think, you know, hearing loss is one place where there may be things to do that are relatively easy to do that could help at least, um, you know, may not 
allow people to engage in everything, but if they can engage in some things with an adaptive device, um, that's one way to try and remove a barrier. There are community resources, the area agencies on aging, senior centers, libraries. Um, these can provide opportunities for connection. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about younger adults. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things that people are doing are these intergenerational relationships, you know, trying to to build connections. And one of the students at Michigan that I met with recently uh, started this, this nonprofit that is really come along um, quite well nationally that is really pairing older adults with college students, you know, at, at different schools around the country with this idea of really building uh, a relationship, you know, for people to learn from each other. And, and that gets at meaning and, and purpose and, um, and, and this idea of, of looking forward to seeing somebody and, and loneliness. And again, the conversation around loneliness in younger adults is something that is even much more complex and much more prevalent than the numbers we're talking about in older adults. All this has been so helpful, Dr. Milani. Uh, I hope that the study does go forward, that it doesn't just stand pat. We would love to have you back and talk as your work continues in this area. I know my audience is going to be interested, and I know so many need to hear this. Some Just some of these observations that you've given us about hearing loss and and community organizations and then this the student who is pairing kind of multi-generation work that just fantastic stuff and and uh very special um i'm so glad that that you were able to to join us today and talk a little bit about this it, it, it's it's friday afternoon so i especially appreciate your time you have a great rest of your day and um and i'll just get a commitment from you right right here and now please please do come back yeah, absolutely. And Paul, if maybe I'm just going to add one more comment. Please, you can yeah. Splice it in. No, please. Uh, you know, friends and family also should remember to check in on older adults and neighbors, maybe people who they've lost contact with the last couple of years. And, you know, this is something that it doesn't have to be uh, a big formal thing. You know, stop by, knock on people's door. And I think that that's something that we all can do. It was really great to hear you say, too, that you got a dog. And that you met some neighbors through that kind of his first step. Sometimes just knowing the neighbors is a helpful that's, way of building companion. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I shouldn't tell you this, but <laughs> we, we, we tragically, the dog ended up dying. Oh, and, um, I'm sorry. But we got another dog. Okay. After, so we, we now have a, a young puppy once again. And uh, it's it's kind of fun because I think so many people really shared our heartbreak with losing the dog. But um, you know he he brought um, connection. We we talk about that. It's that I feel terrible about what happened with him. He got very sick and died quickly, unexpectedly. Aww. But there's this legacy of friendships that were built really during the pandemic through this dog. <laughs> and um, you know we have continued. To, to remain friends with with these neighbors, so oh, that's that's hard to hear. Of course, losing a pet is, yeah. is heartbreaking, but the story is an important one. You're you're just such a wonderful storyteller. You can tell your background in journalism, and and I'll just I'll <laughs> leave it there. People, we'll, we'll put links up so that you can find out more information about Dr. Milani and her her skills range from medicine to journalism. So. Um, we would love to have you back and tell us more about all of this, Dr. Milani. And um, thank you so much for your generous time today and, and this great work. 
Thanks. Thank you, Paul. I'd be happy to come back anytime. My thanks to Stitch Fix and Liquid IV for sponsoring today's show. Please support our sponsors who in tune support the show. Check out our show notes today for more details from Stitch Fix and Liquid IV. My thanks, of course, to Preeti Malani for her generous time today. My thanks to the Smithsonian for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, our very special audience here on the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Please be well, be safe, and remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week. Next week.